We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to an express edition of the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. What's up, Jack? Nick, how's your heart, mate? Are you, <laughs> have you like had any palpitations over the past you know, three or four hours? Yeah, it was definitely a crazy one. Obviously, Spencer Dinwiddie coming up clutch with that game-winning three, 120-119. And like you said, it was like a heartache game because like the Nets started off so strong, and then they had disappointment. They started to lose that energy, and then there was a couple opportunities at the end where you're like, oh, they're going to blow this one. It's going to be another loss, four-game losing streak. But Spencer pulled it out, man, super clutch. Yeah, I actually thought when I was saying it, I, I felt oddly confident, like a, a sense of like calm was over me. I'm like, Spencer's done this for us before. Against like, Detroit. Why can't he do it for us? He's done it against Detroit. He's done it against Cleveland. He hates his old team. He wants to put it in their face. He's always going to be a piston killer. You know, he did it against Drummond last time. And he did it against Drummond this time. But this time, it wasn't inside the paint. It was uh, on the arc with that sidestep three, which was, uh, I think that needs to be immortalized with Jared Allen's block. And, I mean, there's just great moments this season. It's good. They're, they're a bipolar team right now, Annette. But I think um, all, the, all the naysayers and, and the haters need to give it credit where credit should because uh, it was an awesome performance from our guys despite the fact that you know we probably could have done better and we started off well and we're still up and down through the four quarters but Nick what were the takeaways for you? You know, Jack, we kind of talked about it in the last Brooklyn Buzz. We were looking for the team to grind out wins. You know, shots aren't falling. Yeah. They didn't shoot well from three. You know, 12 of 38 at one point, they had like five of 25 from three. We wanted them to grind out wins. We wanted to see Spencer step up when, you know, D'Lo wasn't playing well, like in the Knicks game. And what did he do? Then when he stepped up, 25 points, eight of 15 from the field, five of nine from three, four rebounds, four assists. Not only did he have that clutch three to win the game, he also had a big four-point play in that fourth quarter that was really huge. It felt like it kind of turned the momentum a little bit, gave the Nets a little bit more confidence but overall like you said jack you know it was a great start that bad finish that first quarter carried to the second quarter into the third quarter fourth quarter they started to do that grinding thing obviously rebounding was still an issue andre drummond had 23 23 rebounds 10 offensive and obviously some of that was jared allen and ed davis being in foul trouble 
Yeah, I think that certainly wasn't... I mean, Jared Allen, just before being fouled out, had an awesome three-point play. Um, he gave us some really nice use with Spencer Dimony in that final quarter to force it to OT. Um, a, a really nice performance from him. But yeah, two fouls early in the in the first sort of made it a little... He was playing sort of catch-up, so to speak. But, you know, when we have Ed Davis out there, uh, I mean, if Kenneth Reed's not going to see any minutes, it, it's going to be unlikely after seeing what happened with his two front court teammates. But uh, Davis is just a, an absolute force on the rebounds. Despite the fact that Drummond puts up his 2020 nights and he's done it more than anyone since 2012-13, uh, I saw the Yes Network broadcast say um, that some of the time, it, as long as it's not they're not winning the games, it doesn't necessarily matter. And and for us, I still think that Allen and Drummond, um, Allen still came up on his own and Davis still did his work. So you could, they sort of nullified each other. And I think Blake was huge in that OT. But before that, you know, he was nullified by Rondé to an extent as well. But uh, what were your thoughts on that sort of front court battle? Yeah, I think, like you said, it almost kind of balanced out in the sense where Rondé was playing at the five against Drummond a little bit. They maybe were giving up a couple more boards, but uh, RHJ was able to kind of attack them a little bit, get them in that pick and roll, catch them in between, use his little hesitation game. You're definitely seeing him find his rhythm. That was a great point, Jack. You know, you saw Rondé put on some really nice defense on Blake. A couple plays that didn't work, but he did a great job and made the shot tough. Now, Nick, talk me the, through the final couple of plays, the Spencer three, and then the Spencer, when he gets switched on to Blake, the absolutely clutch defensive play. What's going through your mind as this is sort of uh, unfolding? Yeah, and, you know, going first with offensive play, Spencer hitting the three, you see him get the switch on uh, Andre Drummond. You're like, all right, he's going to drive. Drummond was playing pretty far off him, and like Spencer said in his press conference after the game, you know, he felt like he had enough room. All he had to do was focus and get that shot up. And, you know, I had an irrational confidence. We've seen Tim Woody hit a lot of clutch threes over the last week, you know, a lot of big shots with the time with the Nets already. And we know, like you mentioned, he kind of killed Detroit last year. He killed Drummond. So to have that, the Nets were up, I think, by the time uh, Spencer got switched on to, to Blake, it was about seven seconds left in the game. Did a great job eating the post move to kind of slow him down. And in that mid-range game, he was fading away, turning around like a step back type almost. And Spencer was right there with the contest. And it was just a hell of a play for Spencer Dinwiddie in those last final seconds on both sides of the floor. Oh, definitely. It was, um, I mean, I advocated right after the game. Let's resign him. Just give him the contract, <laughs> give him the contract now, Sean. Uh, but he, he proved that... You know, there's plenty of guys who are still iffy on D'Lo. We are still a little bit. We know the talent that he has. But if we were to re-sign Spencer Dewey to a Josh Richardson-style contract, you know, he can't earn a, a ridiculous amount right now because of his his status and his contract going forward in restricted free agency. Him and Levert as a building block going forward, adding Shabazz Napier as a sort of another piece. You know, I don't necessarily hate that at all. Spencer's proven it, and I think... His worst performances are a lot better than his worst performances were last season. So I think he's shown a level of maturity and he's still very young in his M in his NBA maturity as well, but he's earning his keep. And, you know, I think, I can't remember who it was that tweeted it, but uh, is there a person who's playing better than an, on a uh, minimum contract than Spencer did when he ever has? Uh, I think it's a resounding no, because he's been absolutely insane the past two seasons for our Nets. Yeah, he has. I mean, I guess the only person that comes to mind, the guy who just dropped 50 points, Derek Rose, I think is playing on veteran minimum. But yes, sir. Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, obviously he's been huge. And like you said, it kind of gives the Nets some insurance that the whole D-Lo thing doesn't work out. You know, the verdict's still out on there. It's still early in the season. The inconsistency and the ice cold, you know, shooting nights are definitely a concern. And like you said, Spencer's a guy that you know is consistent. And one thing I'd like to see from him more, which we talked about, is him just consistently being aggressive and attacking the rim. And I have in my notes here, attacking Spencer Dinwiddie is so much better than anything else he does because he gets to that one step on the defender, gets to the rim. He doesn't always get the call. Sometimes it's just setting up his teammate for a three. And I know there was one 
one portion at the end of regulation. The Nets had four shots to, you know, either tie it or take the lead, and they missed. And a lot of that was thanks to Spencer doing what he's setting up his teammates. Yeah, and I added him the other day, put in uh, in that Knicks game. Obviously, there weren't many plays that were nice, but Spencer did. We had a nice sort of dunk, and he, and he forced it right towards the rim, and he responded to me. So, Spencer, maybe it's the interaction that I've given him that gave Australian him the it gave him the confidence he needed, Nick. I feel like that was in the back of his head. It was definitely no doubt about that. But uh, it was awesome to go. And I, oh, ridiculously, it was, it was a nice little moment. Um, even better than Nets Daily and, and um, the Brooklyn Nets official account because no suspension is watching is pretty cool. But um, it was an awesome performance from him. Uh, little um, sort of tidbits as well. Joe Harris, Joe Dudley, really nice nights from them as well, don't you think, Nick? Yeah, no, definitely your boy Joe Harris. I thought one thing he did really well other than knocking down the threes, he was aggressive attacking the rim. And the other Nets can definitely take note of this, even sometimes missing the shot, but attacking strong, getting the foul call sometimes and putting pressure on the defense. I just love what Joe did. And Jared Dudley, you know, he missed a couple shots, but he definitely had some nice veteran moments. Also nice to see Karis LeVert bounce back, 19 points, 7 to 16 from the field, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals. And as bad as D'Lo played offensively, you know, the shooting was cold. He did have a couple steals himself, getting his hands in there, reading the defense a little bit there was a couple really nice defensive sequences from the nets it just wasn't consistent throughout you know they had the mental mistakes defensive lapses the mysteries the inconsistent energy but they grinded out the win and that's what we've wanted from them yeah Karis LeVert Nick obviously he played 40 minutes uh one less than my boy Joey Buckets um what were your thoughts on his you know uh sort of bounce back night plus 13 led the team in plus minus yeah, no, it's definitely, you could see he looked more confident getting back in the paint, forcing more some pressure on the defense. And I think the defense is kind of sending more attention his way now, so he's going to have to adapt to that. The one, I think, concern probably from uh, Karras would be that three-point shot is a little bit off. He's been kind of hot and cold. At least he can kind of drive to the rim a little bit more, so he doesn't have to rely on it, but something to keep an eye on. I think at least he's showing confidence from there, which is what you yeah. want to see from your guy. Other, like, you know, if you're comparing it to, say, like, a Markel Fultz where he's got the ability, he's shown the ability before, but he's not taking it. You'd rather at least feign confidence. And I think Carol Silver still has that confidence in himself, and I'm sure he's going to have his nights where he goes, like, 1 of 5, 0 of 5 or whatever, but he still can impact the game in so many other ways. Like, his ability to drive and his control under the rim. Like, he's got his, this pump fake game, that quick first step. It's, it's you know, something to behold what nice i really like is too absolutely awesome patience yeah i think there's so many um, great qualities that he's shown this season and uh, you know to get him at a pick 20 lots of other nets twitter was right uh, marveling at him uh, for the value that we got out of him and obviously it speaks volumes to our player development system headed by coach kenny which is a nice segue nick because i like the coaching performance overall from coach kenny i mean shabazz napier was cold i remember chatting to you throughout the game and he just like he just wasn't uh, an impact at all so he just gave all these minutes to spencer dinwiddie and uh, i liked that sort of decision what would what did you think of coach kenny's night yeah i thought it was a great performance i saw people kind of complaining about him in the middle of the game and i thought a lot of it was just on the players energy wise not being tough kind of what we saw in that next game and just not hitting shots you know he made the adjustment he went with ronde a little bit took a chance there it started to work out and i think it kind of got the Nets back in the game and obviously benching D'Lo in that fourth quarter and going with Dinwiddie I think if you play D'Lo in that situation obviously being cold all night you're going to see Spencer you know you're not going to get the W and Spencer's the one that got you the W so I think that was a strong move from Kenny and not many coaches would do that with you know all the investment into D'Lo so I think uh, Kenny did a great job and there was a little bit of talk at the press conferences too the quotes after the game with the players that Kenny got after them at halftime and kind of energized them a little more because like I said that second quarter was really bad. Yeah, we can't deny one thing about Coach Kenny is the passion that he has for making this team great. He is working, you know, nights and days, you know, hours and hours on end, um, despite the fact that he 
garners plenty of criticism from Nets fans and from us every now and then. But you can't deny the fact that you know he's putting in and he's doing what he thinks is best for this team going forward. Um, we met you. We haven't mentioned Alan Crabb yet, Nick, but I like the fact that Alan Crabb was cold. He plays Joe Harris forty plus minutes, forty one yeah. minutes on the night. So it's just going. We've talked about the fact that we wanted to ride the guys a little bit more. You know, Joe Harris, 41 minutes. Karis LeVert, 40 minutes. Jared Dudley, 38 minutes because he's that sort of veteran presence out there. Um, I think that he's doing all the things that we've sort of wanted from him a little bit. Yeah, and like we said too, is we want to see him kind of tell guys to be more aggressive like Spencer Dewey. I'm sure he probably did, putting him in bigger minutes like you said too. Same thing with Joe Harris and LeVert. And, you know, moving forward, I'm sure we're going to even see more creative things from him when he gets a full roster, Damari Carroll, Rodion's back. Like, I think that'll make a difference too. Obviously, right now, he still has some things to work with, but not as much as he'll have in his toolbox when everybody's healthy. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see this next season unfold. It's, you know, they always say there's plenty of turning points throughout the season in a, in a long marathon that it is. But this feels like a turning point for us, and it's hopefully for the better. But um, was there anything else you wanted to chuck in before um, we, we, we finish off this one? Obviously, we'll be back after the Rockets game and plenty more going forward. But anything uh, about this Pistons performance that we might have missed? Just what you just said, Jack, I think this was a real turning point for the season. Obviously, it's super early, but I think a loss here in another close game would have hurt, especially against Detroit, already losing to them in the first game of the season. Getting this win will definitely help build confidence for the upcoming match with the Rockets, a team that's really struggling, and maybe the Nets could capitalize. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me, mate. And uh, let's go, Nets. We're going to build on this, lads. Yeah, it was a great game, Jack. Always fun talking Nets. Make sure you check us out. iTunes, Block Talk Radio, OGBasketball.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.